Sammy, where what uh, podcast are we on right now? Sparkcast. Thomas, what what podcast are we on? The the episode episode no. twenty eight. What, what are we called? <laughs> Sparkcast. Yes. Okay. This is Sparkcast, everyone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of intro was that? <laughs> it's it's my non traditional artsy intro. It's fine. I'll go with it. Welcome, okay. everyone. We have a lovely episode today. I mean, something Sammy was definitely looking forward to before the recording. Yet another origin of Cybertron. Uh, hope you guys <laughs> only, aren't tired of this yet. Only this is from a children's book called Battle for Cybertron. I actually have uh, something interesting. I was w- watching Pirates of Dark Water. Have any of you seen that show? Hell yeah. Oh my God. You have not seen this, Sammy? You know, everybody around me apparently has watched it and I have yet to. Well, I haven't seen it since 1991 when it came out, but I finally w- started watching it again last week. And it's like really good. It's And each episode continues into the next one. And there's no standalone episodes really. Keeps continuing the same quest. But anyway, back to why it relates to Transformers. So the there's this bird creature called a monkey bird that goes with the three main characters. And I didn't realize that the it was voiced by somebody and Frank Welker did the bird noises for it. But that I guess sense. that a- actor wanted more money. So they just replaced him with Frank Welker after the original five-part pilot for the rest of the series and even had him re-record his voice for the pilot upon re-airings. That's not a great way to negotiate. I I recorded five episodes of this long-running series. Give me more money right now. <laughs> so I was like, my DVD has the re-recordings because his voice sounded exactly the same from episode five to six. So, And also, I'm just not used to Frank Welker sounding like that, so I didn't know it was him. And oh, even... Man. I mean, Frank Frank does everything under the sun in terms of animal noises. Yeah, but he was also just talking as a as a character, too. Like, I guess sometimes I forget who he is because he just has so yeah. many voices. But even a minor villain is voiced by uh, Peter, Peter Cullen, Cullen in the series. Yeah, <laughs> he, take... he plays. So he... I was going to say, like, with every with with 80 shows, just take a drink every time that happens. He's the uh, he's like a strategist for the villain who shows up only every so often, but he's not sounding like himself. So I didn't actually know it was him until I was looking out of the credits. Nice. Like unlike when I watched what was it? Uh, Defenders of the Earth. No, oh. Defenders of the Earth. Uh, <laughs> Peter Cullen was clearly using his regular Optimus Prime like voice for the character he was playing. Oh, and get this. Okay, so who wants to guess? Ren is the main character who's a prince in Pirates of Dark Water. Who wants to guess what his father's name is? Everyone gets one guess. Hint, it's related to Transformers. Cliffjumper. Optimus. <laughs> his father is Primus. Good. Primus. They keep referring to him as the son of Primus throughout the series. When did that show come out? 1991. It would have been after, after Transformers, obviously. 
But what's up with uh, everyone here today on this podcast? Are you? Do you also want to bring up a conversation so that you can delay starting another origin for Cybertron? Uh. Yeah, uh, I have. A, I, I will have a conversation. Let's have a conversation about Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Drew's a very fascinating uh, person. He apparently owned this Transformers book we're about to read. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's spelled D R E W, even though the E might look like an O to some people. <laughs> We're not very interesting, apparently. <laughs> it's because uh, so we're looking at a copy of the book. It's available on Camp or Tree, Camp or Tree. I, I always pronounce it Camp or Tree. I can't get this right. It's C-A-M-P. Sure how else you're supposed to uh, pronounce it. Yeah. C-A-M-P-H-O-R-T-R-E-E dot net slash T-F slash books. And we're looking at the big looker section called Battle for Cybertron. Or click the handy link below this episode. (laughs) Which hopefully we'll remember to put in. Oh, I hope by now we would get it. (laughs) Hey, uh, Thomas, I got something uh, I wanted to share with you. While I was waiting... While I was waiting for you, I was trying to look up a gift for uh, a GIF, not a gift, a G-I-F for uh, for for you Give on me our the T. You add the T to it, please. <laughs> it was on the dis- on disc discord. I was looking for a gift for GoBots, <sighs> and there are none. <laughs> yeah, because GoBots are garbage. <laughs> I even put the hyphen in it piece so. of trash GoBots <laughs> comics. Actually, hold on. No, I do have a thing that relates to Transformers. The GoBots comics are awful. Why do you read them then? I I don't. I I I get this actually secondhand and like seeing even panels that are happening, I'm bewildered about everything cuz I never needed to see Psykill grabbing Scooter and he's like in this world it's either ride or be ridden and then turns him into a scooter and just rides off and <laughs> I have I have a lot of issues with uh, GoBots it's um yeah, yeah and no. this won't be resolved today, <laughs> today. <laughs> let's start off with the cover you have Optimus Prime standing on what appears to be their battleship, holding a gun where it looks like gravity is awkwardly pulling him back away from where he wants to be shooting at. Uh, and that actually kind of makes sense. I mean, he's riding on top of a ship, it looks like. Yeah, a ship that is only the length of a Transformer laying down. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how the rest of his fleet fit in there. But I am a horrible... Horrible writer and podcaster because I forgot to research the writer this time. But anyway, we forgive you. (laughs) So let's if I find it really quickly while recording, I will try to go over it. But anyway, let's go start the beginning. Who wants to read first this epic battle? Um, Excuse me. We forgot the first page where this it says this book belongs to and in pencil writing (laughs) says Drew. But in the background. We have a very short jazz <laughs> question mark because I've been uh, staring at his legs this entire time we're talking, and I'm like, 
Oh my god! What uh, they are—they're also <laughs> faded away. Like I don't know if that's on purpose or if the kid who owned it just took an eraser to it when he was erasing his name that many times too. Yeah, apparently, like, uh, <laughs> oofda. <laughs> yeah, you want me to just start the first page off? Go ahead. All right. A terrible war between good and evil raged on the planet Cybertron, but this was no ordinary war, and the fighters were not ordinary men. In fact, they were robots. (gasps) The peaceful Autobots were nearly destroyed by the evil and powerful Decepticons. The Decepticons planned to rule Cybertron and make war upon the entire universe. But the Autobots fought back. They too were mighty warriors, and they battled bravely. They refused to give up. A thousand years went by, but the terrible war continued. The damage had become so great that Cybertron was shaken loose from its orbit. It was now hurtling through space out of control. Soon, it would be smashed to pieces. And we have a nice picture of a lot of jets fighting over a giant orange uh, in space. (laughs) Just a giant orange. (laughs) A giant orange that's been peeled. It's it's been slightly peeled. And next to it is Earth, apparently. No, no, that's probably a Cybertron moon that... It's a yeah. moon with its own orbiting moon. <laughs> Good. Moon, moon. Moon, <laughs> uh, So. I do like the image above. Basically, the first page. Well, the first page of the story. with the. Oh, yeah. The, we totally uh, skipped over that. Writer. Oh, yeah. That that's... is. So far, I'm really li- liking the arc. It is really evocative, yeah. the images they have. And just this battlefield that is just completely covered with bodies. Kids book. And the guy's walking over his dead comrade while he shoots everyone else in front of him. I'm like, okay, that's nice. So, hey, that artist for this book actually did four of these books for Transformers. Uh, So far, we've only done this one. So that means we might see his art again. Oh, he painted the fully painted covers to the Savage Sword of Conan comic from Marvel Comics. Oh, nice. And did art on He-Man and Star Wars. Okay, cool. If I had more time, I would actually like research his Wikipedia page and try to find his personal page. But we're recording now. So, Thomas, next page. Optimus Prime, the largest, strongest, and wisest of all the Autobots, wanted to save their world. Who will go with me out into space? He asked Autobots. I'll go, the smallest of the Autobots cried out. For a little one, Bumblebee, you show great courage. Laughed their leader. Then he turned to the others and challenged, Who else among you is as brave as Bumblebee, and will you join me? Take me, yelled Jazz. I'll go, called out Prowl. And then all the others shouted that they wanted to go too. <laughs> and now we once again observe everybody without knees. Yay! <laughs> it's because of that, that darn battle fog. No, like, it's not even that. It's just, they're stand Like, Optimus? Maybe. Maybe. But, like, Jazz? Nah. Hey, hey, uh, look at Jazz, and then scroll three pages up and look at Jazz again on the first page. Do you notice anything? Oh, yeah, just been copy-pasted. <laughs> yes. Oh. Hey, guys, we found where the image comes from. <laughs> I like the shadow images behind them that look like other Autobots. Yeah, I was going to ask, are you guys able to make out any of those? I don't know them that well to begin with, so I could say I, One sure. of them actually looks like Scourge from the movie. I was <laughs> just about to say that. Like, what's this Decepticon doing here? 
I think that's, I mean, it actually looks evil behind him, but I think it's just because the guys were like, well, we don't know the rest of them, so they're just going to be in silhouettes. We don't have the character models yet. We just got these five, so we need to get this book out. It's 1984. Come on, get it out there before the show airs. At least it looks good. It was a cheap move, move, but that, I mean, it's still pretty, uh, it's still some pretty good art. Yeah. All right, Mm -hmm. on to the third page. When all was ready, the Autobot spaceships soared away from Cybertron to clear a path for their planet through the asteroid belt. But they were not alone. A Decepticon warship was lurking in ambush and attacked. The Decepticons chased them across millions of miles of space until they were close enough to beam a landing party aboard the Autobot ship. The Autobots were in trouble. Optimus Prime quickly set the controls of the ship so that their vessel would crash at full speed into the sun's third planet, Earth. The ear-shattering sound of the Autobot ship smashing into the Earth sent the mighty dinosaurs running in terror. Then all was quiet for the oh, next God. four million years. They're the, the comet Autobots that extincted the dinosaurs! <laughs> the Autobots killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> no, they were the comet that killed them. That's why it says it was si- is quiet for four million years. It's their fault! Oh. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I, wish, I wish we could have gotten robots instead of dinosaurs. I'm not really uh, complaining uh, here. But hey, then we wouldn't have had humans wouldn't have evolved in the first place without their contribution, right? I guess. All we get is tan T-Rex and tan uh, triceratops. triceratops just There's kind of want... source in the background. Oh, no, that is or in the Loch water. Ness... That is Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> you were I saying the, the same... name of that. <laughs> you were saying forget... the same thing. Yeah. A, dis- a Dilophosaurus or yeah. I think or Diconosaurus, I, whatever. It's a, I you don't know <laughs> hey, I need to go call up uh, eight-year-old Sean Murphy. So yeah, we're not right. '80s enough for to identify that dinosaur. I just don't know enough about dinosaurs. Uh, all right, we're gonna have to take you to a natural history museum. I like how this ship—the one detail about how he set the controls to crash the ship at full speed—and <laughs> the ship still somehow remained intact. And they survive. Like, all the other origin stories, they're just, like, crashing into Earth, like, gliding or whatever. They're not aiming purposely (laughs) at full speed into the side of a volcano. (laughs) The eruption of a volcano finally awakened the Ark, the Autobot's ship's computer. The Ark studied the surface of the Earth. When it picked up the familiar whir of machinery, its light glowed bright with joy. Now I'll go right to work, repairing the crew, it decided. Okay. But the Ark was too damaged to realize the difference between Autobots and Decepticons inside the ship, and it began changing the ship of the shape of every robot on board. It rebuilt them to look like the machinery it detected on Earth. As part of the repair work, the Ark gave the robots the ability to transform themselves back into their original robot shapes. The first to be assembled by the Ark were the Decepticons, and even after four million years, they still remembered their main goal. Destroy the Autobots, which Very apparently vengeful. they couldn't even do when they're all unconscious because you were repaired first. Yeah, I mean, how long did it take them to remember their goal? <laughs> <laughs> a while. The, the, the reboot didn't happen until they were like five miles out. The, of the You just see uh, basically on a conveyor belt Optimus in his robot form with his legs sticking out. I was about to say, like, he's almost robot form. Well, you see uh, on the screen up there. They, they're already scanning them in, and then you see Jazz, I mean, Prowl, and uh, what's the scientist guy's name? Wheeljack. Wheeljack. 
Wow. Uh, and two other Autobots waiting to get repaired. Hey, sometimes your brain just has a day off. That's it takes fair. a while to reboot. <laughs> <laughs> All of the Decepticons just had an off day. Sparkplug and his son, <laughs> uh, S- Spike, <laughs> were looking at the damage done by the volcano. Oh my god, wait, no, 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 no. No, I'm pretty sure that blank is where you write your name. Oh my god, yeah, that's probably... <laughs> Are you serious? Let me copy well, and paste no. Well, no, well, the next document. line specifically says Spike, so... Oh, sh- okay, never mind. I was just like, that would be actually kind of clever. Nope. Uh... <laughs> I wonder why, yeah, why would that be like that? That's weird. I wonder if they actually did that, but then maybe, maybe they didn't, maybe just they just didn't put songs. the blanks for the rest of it or something. Yeah, I don't All know. Right. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Sparkplug and his son, Spike, were looking at the damage done by the volcano when they suddenly stopped dead in their tracks. Dad, look at that, Spike cried, pointing down into the deep crater. What they saw were jet planes flying out of a strange, battered spaceship. The jets landed on the far side of the crater and transformed themselves into huge, frightening robots. Hide behind that boulder, Sparkplug said, pushing his son towards safety. It doesn't take a genius to know something weird is going on here. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, you got Starscream kind of just, you know, crouching over there, and then another Starscream. So they took a cue from the animation errors and put in two Starscreams in this page. I mean, uh, we could always use one more thing Starscreams. that I was going to bring up before uh, <laughs> that actually makes sense. Uh, it just reminds me again in this this image. Once again, I'm really liking art in this book. The ship said it couldn't tell the difference between like the Autobots and Decepticons, so it just built, it just rebuilt everybody. It probably did that assuming that they were all one crew. So it kind of just, it kind of is a way to explain why all the Decepticons are like flyers and all the older Autobots were just, just regular cars and stuff. It probably built half and half, thinking that they would all work together, but then reali- not realizing that uh, Decepticons just... are Decepticons and Autobots are Autobots. It's really uh, depressing now. But it's Thanks. kind of a fun theory, though. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, and that other transformer, I cannot tell at all what he is supposed to be. He's not a like a, a ramjet didn't exist yet, but he's definitely not one of the flyer regular flyers. Oh, the one with like the bat wings or something like that. Yeah, and you got like Rumble just kind of sitting there chilling, like I'm not working today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just I just woke up. Give me give me a bit. <laughs> all right. While Sparkplug and Spike watched, the Decepticons gathered in battle formation and aimed their combined firepower on the ship with the Autobots still inside. But as they were about to fire, the Ark sensed the danger. Better put out the defense shield, it said to itself. When the blast was deflected, the Ark blinked its lights and sighed. Phew, that was just in time. The Decepticon leader, Megatron, angrily turned to the others and scowled. Our power levels are too low. We must search out new sources of fuel on this planet. Then we'll come back and crush the Autobots. Also, please don't ask me why the arc sounds like this. <laughs> I was going to say, Sammy, can you do the animal sidekick for this animated show? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, they just like, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Put up the defense shield. Sorry, I'm done. I like... <laughs> With their power levels are too low. I was just imagining them going, ah, my gun won't fire. We need fuel. Instead, they're just like, oh, we're not, uh, we just know we're too low, you know. But they don't yeah, have any issues it. with their legs. They, they look f- like full size. 
That's this is the true reason why the Decepticons are playing the Autobots. <laughs> They're just like, nah, you short people gotta get out of here. <laughs> I I found the writer Scott Siegel. He is a young adult fiction writer. He wrote the Dark Forces novel series in the '80s. Even wrote some of the Choose Your Own Adventure books for GI Joe. And he did a prelude in the Dragonlance series, I guess, one of the books. And uh, whatever Ghost World is, which it looks like he wrote with his wife, a six-novel series, and a few other things here and there. But when I clicked on one of the links, it also led to uh, a plays, like he's written some plays and things as well. That's cool. Because the official website just went to a Broadway of the Year musical that was nominated. And this is 2019, so... My Still favorite working. work of his is the Encyclopedia of Hollywood. What are you What are you looking at? His uh his works. He has a page on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So you're looking at the same thing. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's all. I like to bring up the people that wrote and drew these things if we can find them. The Winona Ryder scrapbook. Oh my god. What, are Are you looking on IMDb now? What are you? T- I'm still on Wiki. His nonfiction works. Oh, okay. Man, I gotta get that one now, man. Let me go. Hold on, I'm gonna go to Amazon. I'll be back when I get this Winona Ryder scrapbook. <laughs> All right, so you're up next, Sean. Stop typing in Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turn is it to read? Yours. Okay. <laughs> hey, whoever they are, they're leaving. Sparkplug said that'll give us a chance to look at that big blinking contraption they tried to blow up. Come on. You think that's a good idea, Dad? Spike said hesitantly. You ever seen a machine I don't understand? Sparkplug demanded. I don't get the name Sparkplug for nothing, boy. Come on. It's time you had a little adventure. Oh, my God. (laughs) A little adventure, Spark cried. With what we just saw, are you kidding? As they came up the Autobot ship, a little yellow Volkswagen rolled down to meet them. Look out, yelled Sparkplug as he grabbed his son and pulled him out of the way. There's nobody driving that thing. I like so first he pushes his son out of the way, then he pulls his son out of the way. This kid Just can't do anything right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm now actually going to second that whole. The art's actually pretty good, other mm-hmm. than the short leg thing. Those are some really good humans. Everything is fully painted too. Um, yeah, that's pretty nice. Unlike some of the other things we saw before, like the coloring book where nobody matched their character models. Yeah, this has so far <laughs> been the best art out of everything. This spark plug looks like the type of person who would have immediately thrown rocks and tools at <laughs> aliens that, that have landed on their tanker. <laughs> I, I, he almost looks like the same spark plug in the, the big Marvel books we reviewed a while ago, too. Just wearing a hat and a blue dress collar shirt, you know, because he's a blue collar man. So, yeah, he's got a blue collar dress shirt. Generic They're- man is generic. <laughs> there are a bit of some some scale issues with the next image. <laughs> Sparkplug and Spike both towering over Bumblebee. There's no way they'll be able to fit into that <laughs> into that beetle. The yeah, top of the beetle comes up nice. to their waist. <laughs> their butts are nice. <laughs> so next, I'm sad I was more distracted by that than the actual size difference. That just that just meant that the detail in this is so amazing that Sammy could focus on other things. <laughs> Please buy this book because butts. The little VW stopped immediately. What are you? It asked in a thin, squeaky voice. 
Sparkplug looked around for the voice. It's the car, Dad, Spike said. It's talking to us. <laughs> Realizing Spike was right, Sparkplug explained, We're humans. What are you? I'm an Autobot. My code name is Bumblebee. Will you help us? Bumblebee explained about the Autobots and the Decepticons. We saw those Decepticons, said Spike. They turned from jets into robots, and they tried to zap your ship. They didn't look too friendly. You're right, said Bumblebee, and their attack damaged the Ark, our ship's brain. We're in desperate need of help. You're talking to the right man, said Sparkplug. Let's get at it. What are you guys going to do? <laughs> yeah, and like so basically, in the art, Sparkplug, his stomach is as high as Bumblebee's car mode gets to. So they can't physically fit inside of him. Yeah, unless that's a really low floor and there's no back row in that beetle. It's just one <laughs> front seat. <laughs> all right, Sammy, you must read and then name all the Autobots in this picture. <laughs> no, oh, it's... God. One of them looks like a GoBot. Uh... <laughs> no, no more. Make oh, it stop. The <laughs> you know what? Fine. This Renota Rider scrapbook is only $1.25 on... What? Uh... <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, Sparkplug had never seen machines like these before, but he fiddled with them until the wreckage of the Autobots formed into a fleet of cars and trucks. That's called magic. Uh, Optimus Prime gave the signal, and suddenly Sparkplug and Spike were surrounded by gigantic robots. One Jeep, though, didn't take part in the transformation. Optimus Prime said, That's Hound. We need him to ride out over this rough ground. We have to find a source of power, or we'll never survive on your world. Hey, if you're looking for power, suggested Sparkplug, you don't have to go far. We're sitting right next to a volcano. You could tap into that underground power. Oh my god, that explains what? everything now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh One line no. just explained all the questions I asked from time where we always had, where are they getting their energy? You know, The volcano. Does that really explain everything? Yes. <laughs> just tap into the volcano, volcano power, really? Yeah. This is kids writing. It doesn't have to be specific. You know, just say geothermal, done. Uh, you know? Done. Don't question it. <laughs> anyway, continue. Oh, we better get home, Dad, Spike said. You are our friends, said Optimus Prime simply. Hound, take them home. You are our friends. Declared. <laughs> All the Autobots, except for Optimus, are the size of humans. Yes. Except for Prowl back there, but that's just so he can fit above the other Autobots into the scale. I'm so. pretty sure that's why Hound is still a car in the background. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if all the art was made first, and then they're just like, write, a cor write something out of these scenes. <laughs> I mean, it is a Marvel book, so it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't. I, there's Bumblebee, Cliff Jumper, Prowl, uh, Jazz. Will uh, Jack is to the left of Bumblebee, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Where? Yeah, he's got his, it's his side tail. His side things. Yeah. Who's this guy with like the antennas right uh, in front of Hound? In front of Hound? Oh, uh, is that? That's Jazz. Yeah. That's Jazz. That's Jazz. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who's in front of him. Slash That's Ratchet. The one. Oh gosh, I forgot that Ratchet existed. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry Actually, guys. Now in the back left, you know how could you forget Huffer, the complainer, and you got Braun and whoever that oh, blue and red guy is in the back. I can't remember who he is. 
Yeah, I, I have no clue. Um, yeah, Thomas, do you know who that red and blue transformer is in the upper left corner? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, there was an episode we did back where we watched an episode and there was a red and blue guy. And I, I asked about <laughs> who is this red and blue guy? I've never seen him before. <laughs> and I've already forgotten who he is. I can only tell that that is Mirage down in the lower right hand corner because of that writing on his side. Okay, I was going to ask. It's like, I didn't hear you guys mention Mirage. Yeah, that's Mirage down there. I can only tell because of that writing. Otherwise, his face from the side does not really look like that. Yeah, because I couldn't figure out who that was. But yeah, so we, hey, we got them all but one. So, you know, we're doing pretty we good did. for a Transformers podcast. Yeah. With our combined <laughs> knowledge, we can get 95% right. <laughs> it probably is Blue Streak. Anyway. On the way home, just outside their city of Kimball, they spotted the Decepticon swooping down into a nuclear power plant. Wow, the nuclear power plant is right next to an active volcano. This can only go well for the planet Earth. <laughs> a second later, the lights in Kimball went out. The Decepticons had drained all the power. Hound knew he should get back to warn the other Autobots. Spike sensed Hound's problem. I think I need just a little more adventure today, he said. Hear that, Hound, said Sparkplung. That means you better turn around, race back to base, and hurry. Hound zoomed like a race car over miles of bumpy hills. There wasn't much time. The Decepticons would soon be finished with the nuclear power plant, and then they'd head straight for the Autobots. Oh, no. I just want to read Sparkplug in the most suppressed West Virginia accent I can. You're doing a good job. Basically, they're just run, running through a desert in this picture. It's... This art one is pretty generic. It's just them in a Jeep running over sand, but it still looks nice. Yeah, still well art. What looks like all the Autobots leaving the Ark to go find a new home is what this painting looks like. It's a lot of Autobots. <laughs> let's see if the uh, <laughs> let's see if the story matches. But they made it. Hal gave his warning to the others, and then Optimus Prime announced their strategy. We must use the element of surprise, he said. The Decepticons don't know what we've taken. What form we've taken. Let them come here and attack, but we won't be here. The Ark will defend the ship. We'll draw them into a trap where they least expect us. He turned to Bubblebee and ordered, You take Sparkplug and Spike and keep them out of danger. If any of the Decepticons try to outmaneuver us, warn us by flashing your headlights three times. Yes, sir. Now, said Optimus Prime, let's go. The Autobots formed a long convoy and rolled out of the mountains and down into the desert darkness. I don't know why they would tell them to protect them, but then also be part of the mission. Isn't that just asking for the humans to get involved in your troubles? Did I bring up that I watched Transformers last night in our last podcast? No. Maybe it's best that you didn't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Later that night, the Decepticons attacked the empty Autobot ship. The arc shields were up and at full strength. The force of the Decepticon blasts bounced off and did no damage. Megatron just had to know if he'd been fooled into attacking an empty position. He turned and called out, Soundwave, come here. Tune in the inside of the ship. Tell me if the Autobots are hiding inside. Soundwave quickly turned into his early form, er, earlier form, and probed the Autobot <laughs> vessel. Only the ship's brain is there, he reported as the lights twinkled on board, and it's laughing at us. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
<laughs> we'll see who lasts last, Megatron growled. They're trying to outsmart us, but they won't. We'll split up. Half will circle north to south, the other half south to north. And then when we find them, we'll have them trapped between us. Except nobody go <laughs> east to west. <laughs> Uh, I like how the arc actually has a personality in this I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm actually, it's really cute. I say that I like that, but I'm pretty sure there was one of those Nickelodeon shows, the one with, um, um, what is it, Shark Bite or something like that? I forget his name. Isn't Street there? Sharks? No, not sh no, I'm talking about a Transformers show that aired on oh. Nickelodeon. Isn't there an, uh, a Transformers series where the computer does have like? Oh, are you talking about the Japanese one where it's it's a girl in a, like a pink outfit? Oh, it actually has like a like a a form. Yeah, it actually has like a a teenage girl form. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking about. So, and I'm pretty sure I didn't like that. So, I don't know that I really. <laughs> Should be getting behind the idea of the arc having a personality. They're gonna go too far with it. Yeah, the art for this one is just the big engine of the arc and them shooting at it in the darkness behind. I'm surprised we didn't get to see Soundwave's early form. So, all right, let's see if Bumblebee was able to headlight three times as the sun rose over the desert. The Autobot convoy spotted the Decepticons but the jet screaming toward them from the south only saw a long line of cars down below. Let me at him, the red Porsche codenamed Cliff Jumper shouted. Oh, there you go, Thomas. First one to the battle for the body count. First one to die. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for my signal, ordered Optimus Prime. Soon the jets would be right on top of them. Wait, hold on. Now! The line of cars suddenly transformed itself into massive Autobot robots with their weapons aimed up to the sky. Fire, came the command. The Decepticons were completely fooled. We've got them this time, shouted the Autobots. But Optimus Prime wasn't so sure. This seemed too easy, and it worried him. But yeah, this is a pretty interesting art for the page, but it doesn't really have a sense of, I guess, focus, for, oddly enough. Because like, it's all of them from the back, all shooting up at, at jets into the sky in a white background. Like I'm also very jets. <laughs> yeah. I'm very confused by Optimus's pose because, mm -hmm. like, his scratch <sighs> is like crap. almost facing us, and then his top part is just completely the other way around. And his legs, his knees are pointing in. It seems like a different uh, direction. Yeah. yeah. This whole, this whole, just twists all of their joints around. I feel it's like... not like he's doing a boobs and butt pose, you know. But he's old. For... Oh, he's doing a crotch and back muscles pose, which is really the the male equivalent of that. Uh, so I I forgot, Thomas. Did you want to scroll back up to the picture of all the Autobot cars and then now name them in their car forms? Uh, there's Bumblebee and a really old-fashioned version of was it Wheeljack? That's the ambulance one, right? <laughs> Ratchet. ratchet, sorry. <laughs> this episode is now called No One Cares About Ratchet. And Mirage is there, and yeah. I see Optimus. There's Blue Streak. That looks like Sunstreaker over there, the yellow car. That red car is probably Ironhide or something. Yeah, it looks like some kind of tow truck almost. Oh, there's another Optimus, or whatever the heck that thing is. Oh, you, the far right? Oh, yeah. 
Well, no. So, I, yeah, I don't know who that is. Because Optimus <laughs> is clearly in the middle with his trailer. We identified some Transformers. Do you feel uh, excited that you were able to name those, Thomas? I let all the Ratchet fans down. Are you, are you feeling impressed that your Transformers knowledge is growing from watching and reading so much Transformers stuff now? Yeah, one day I'll be able to name Red and Blue Guy. <laughs> one day. <laughs> from half a mile away, Bumblebee, Sparkplug, and Spike watch the battle. Oh no, cried Bumblebee. They're coming from the other direction too. Give the signal, said Sparkplug. Bumblebee blinked his headlights three times, over and over. I don't think they see it, Spike said in a shaky voice. Sparkplug slacked his forehead. You're right, the sun is right behind us, and it must be blinding them. Spike looked up at his father and said, I'm about to have more adventure, right? Just a little, his father teased. Okay, let's go, Bumblebee. Yes, let's drive faster than the jet planes to go warn them. Let's let's have adventures, right? Optimus is getting shot. <laughs> yeah. I know he's just like, oh, he's even Oh, and the very next image. God. <laughs> hey, no more Starscream no spoilers. Is just murdering him. Yeah, all right, I guess we're we're on the next page, I guess. <laughs> uh Bumblebee, Sparkplug, and Spike got there with their warning with just seconds to spare. Optimus ordered his troops to form a circle, and a moment later, the battle exploded over the entire desert sky. Okay, the Decepticons were at full force, and it was Starscream firing his Null Ray rifle who did the most damage. <laughs> My boy! Yep. He struck Optimus Prime, short-circuiting him. Yes! <laughs> Sorry. This is like your fan fiction come to life right now. Absolutely. Starscream winning. Yes. Best book. With their leader out of action, the Autobots. The battle is won. Out of action. They won. <laughs> hey, guys, just close the book right now. It's a right. We don't need the rest of it. Decepticons win. Starscream's leader. Go home, everyone. MVP. <laughs> With their leader out of action, the Autobots started to panic. The Decepticons surged forward, sensing victory. Meanwhile, Sparkplug was digging inside Optimus Prime's body and doing some very fast tinkering. Suddenly, Optimus snapped back on, as good as new. The Autobots took heart from the return of their leader, and the tide of the battle turned. Oh Dang it. God. The humans had to be useful in the story, right? Plot armor. Yeah, like, what? how does, how does he know how to just fix them? You know what? He's, he had a conversation with them, and as an inventor... He also saw them with his eyes, so now he can do it. I didn't know you could see them with anything else. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't come up with a feasible reason. Good job. And apparently he fixed them with a wrench. They just have this regular <laughs> bolt inside of the perfect size that matches this giant wrench. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he just uses the wrench and just hits a bunch of parts until something works. <laughs> Because the picture is a half of Starscream shooting Optimus in the distance. And the next page is Optimus just with smoke coming out of one of his windows, sitting there with his gun pointed at the sky, just kind of relaxing as if the battle's over, with some blue-colored prowl looking with a smile toward the reader in acceptance of their victory. Which I assume is going to happen. So I'll, I'll read on. The Decepticons have had enough. Besides, their fuel is running low again. Megatron picked himself off the desert floor and signaled the retreat. You know, we never actually read anything how about Megatron. Megatron. He was taking a nap. <laughs> like how he got there, did he get shut down? Anyway, 
We'll meet again, Autobots, he bellowed. And the next time, we'll blast you into junk. <laughs> okay, the Autobots had won. Finally, Optimus quieted their cheering and said, We have had a great victory today, but it was possible only because of the help of our friends, Sparkplug and Spike. Earth must be a wonderful place if it holds such fine humans as these. We must vow to protect this planet from the Decepticons as if it were our own beloved home, Cybertron. As far as we're concerned, said Sparkplug, Earth is your home. You're our kind of machines, right, Spike? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take out some more storybooks. Look for this other title, The Great Car Rally. End book. <laughs> So, what do y'all think of that uh, page turner? Honestly, it wasn't awful. Yeah, this is... I mean, it was pretty <laughs> decent, and it it seemed like to me at least it explained the origins and made stuff cohesive enough that it, you know you're not like questioning a whole bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. except for the volcano power stuff. <laughs> oh, back to that again. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, also, just the wrench to Optimus' chest, turning the tide of battle, stealing victory from Starscream, that also didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so when, when Thomas uh, starts putting these on the internet, he's going to purposely remove the last page <laughs> so that the last page never happened and rewrite history and post it everywhere over the internet. Perfect. This is my favorite origin story. <laughs> this is like what the uh, the fourth time we've seen an origin so we had, what, the first episode of the TV series, there was the mini-origin at the beginning of the Constructicons book, and the manga uh, one we read, and now this one. How many, how many origin stories do we really don't, need to have? Don't worry, if we find another one, I'll make sure it's not till like, 30-plus <laughs> episodes in the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, subject you to the same thing over and uh, over again, so... You're not really convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to choose this one because the next story for next episode is actually called Return to Cybertron. Oh. oh. So we get to see a story that was made of them actually going back there. Oh, that's fun. Is it a big looker book? It is a sticker book and coloring book. Oh, well. Where you Art put the Matt. sticker, you put the stickers on the page that you got in the back of the book. So that everything looks colorful. Yeah, this is probably going to be peak Transformers art right here. Yeah, the art was pretty good. Yes. And even the story uh, itself, like all this was not as bad as some of the other stuff we've read and seen on this show. The story's cohesive. The art's good. And, and like when you said that the guy worked on Conan, yeah, the art's going to be good. <laughs> I don't know if, you, if anybody's actually seen the art to like, the old Savage Sword of Conan stuff. It just... A lot of the art for those series are just so good. Uh, it seemed like this one, and I remember the, the Autobots secret weapon book was well drawn and told also in most respects. But yeah, so you, you excited, Thomas? You didn't get to see like a poster with somewhat of a story and no ending? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. <clears throat> I just have to mention again, oh my God, this guy, his art is actually pretty great. I'm looking at some <laughs> of the other stuff he's done, especially the Conan stuff. That's That looks good, but yeah. he's... He looks like he does a lot of different stuff, and it all is just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of fascinated they got him to do a Transformers book. And he's done three more of these, Thomas, so you have something to look forward to in future episodes. Yeah, I'll 
definitely been looking forward to that. Maybe some more closer up shots of some of the other Transformers and Decepticons. Well, Transformers. <laughs> oh my god, I have that. That picture. That that comic. Just that picture. Yeah, Thomas just sent me a link to something. Uh, he sent it in the Here's chat. Here's the full image. <laughs> is this it? I'm like, no, it's okay. The muscles are fine. Yeah, I I have this. This is a comic right, adaptation. lady. This is a comic adaptation of a 1920s novel that was a guy who develops kind of like superpowers before Superman. Huh. But it was a novel, and this was a yeah. graphic novel adaptation in the 60s or the 70s of that novel because I have it. I think it, I don't know. I th- was it called Man God? Oh, it is. It's called Man God. Oh my god, I remembered it correctly. Yeah, I have this. This is sitting in my closet. That's pretty awesome. So again, that's Earl Norum. If anybody wants to check out some of his stuff. That episode. Yeah, I guess when you don't have something to nitpick a lot, you don't have much to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of sad, but... um, But no, I thought it was... The the things I like, though, is all these different kind of things you can take a lot of liberties... So, like, there's things like, say, adding the, oh, my God, I can't talk when I keep hearing beeps from our channel. <laughs> so, like, they keep, they kept, like, they add stuff like the person, uh, like the computer talking or just sitting there bored for millions of years until humans developed technology. <laughs> like, that kind of thing was pretty funny. And I like how their plan was just, we'll pretend to be cars because they don't know what we are. Like, that was kind of funny. Yeah, agreed. But I like how what Megatron's grand plan was just to split up and form a circle around the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still laughing about north to south and then south to north. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't think that's a plan. How can you guys criticize? I mean, it worked out. Starscream got the kill shot, basically. It's true. If it weren't for that's those humans, true. though, you know. Those pesky humans. Starscream should have just shot them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you guys, any last thoughts on this book? No, I mean, uh, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to sign off here and get ready for our next book, which I've already spoiled for my co-hosts. But hey, they'll most likely forget by the next time we start. So signing off, I'm Sean. Thomas. Cliff Sammy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Try again. No, just kidding. Uh. I've already used Sammy Jumpers, so I'm like, I I don't know. Wait, 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 I got it. Sammy Jack. Wait, no, hold up. Wheel Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) Smell these are bad.